if you don't take the time to get to know yourself, it just makes managing it hard. You have to stay one step ahead of type one. You just have to. You got to educate yourself and you have to know your body. Welcome to the More Than Just a Type podcast, a place where we explore what it takes to live your best life. I'm your host, Taja Cato, expert in type 1 diabetes and fat loss, entrepreneur, and lover of all things fitness and personal development. Each week, we'll bring you a tangible tool, tip, or insight that'll inspire you and empower you to take action, achieve your goals, and live your best life. The first episode of 2020. How are y'all feeling? I don't know if you are into astrology. I know I say this all the time. My boyfriend thinks I'm absolutely insane, but I have been just reading up on all this stuff and there's this big eclipse happening right now. We're right in the middle of it and a lot of transits with planets and things like this. Not an expert, but again, just been doing all this reading and there's some major shifting happening right now. So I don't know if you can feel it. I know there's so much happening in the world and I don't watch the news, but I do know that there's a bunch of stuff happening and even maybe in your emotional life and your own world, you might be feeling the ups and downs or you might feeling some changes starting happening. And I just want you to know that you're not crazy because back in July, before I really started nerding out on astro astrological type stuff, I... I was there was another eclipse and I was going through all of these emotions and I felt really alone. So I just want you to know that you know whatever is going on in your life we're all shifting and changing and growing and whatever's happening in your own life even if it feels really hard right now it's only going to make you stronger and the universe has your back and you're going to be okay. So I just wanted to say that. And now that it's 2020, I'm sure a lot of you guys have started off along your fitness journey. Maybe you are focused on hitting the gym or losing weight or whatever it may be. For the longest time, my goal was to lose weight. And I, we did our very first master class this morning, you guys. It was so much fun. So it's a live class and it's all online. So you don't have to go anywhere. You can just sit in your PJs. We can all sit in our PJs together and drink our coffee or <laughs> whatever you might be doing. And we just hang out and I share the three key steps to losing fat with type 1 diabetes. And this morning, it was such a blast to connect with you all if you were there and then we do a live Q&A at the end. So it's packed full of great information that will help you get started along your fitness journey and how to keep your blood sugars a little bit more steady when it comes to exercise because that can be such a big challenge. And if you've ever wondered about your macros or what foods to eat, then this class could be super beneficial for you. And there's three, we have three days left that we're going to be doing it. So I don't know when you'll be listening to this episode, but if it's before the 12th of January, then there's still time to save your seat and it's completely free. I'll link to it in the show notes, but just go to diabeticfitnessworld.com forward slash masterclass and then choose whichever date and time works best for you. And if you're listening to this right now and you've missed the class, 
don't worry. We will be doing another one. It just won't be until closer to the summertime. In other news, I had to switch back to injections for a couple of days, which is always a bit of a learning curve because my basal, for me, myself personally, it doesn't translate from the pump to injections. So I always have to kind of figure out the right amount. And I always find that my body is constantly changing. So you might find this too. And it's like I'm constantly adjusting the settings on my pump so then when it go when it go, comes to injections i it takes me a couple of days to actually get used to it but long story short finally my supplies arrived it was so exciting it was like christmas day or <laughs> solstice cuz i don't celebrate christmas but it was so exciting i open up the brand new package and i take out my supplies and i'm getting ready to finally get back on my pump because I've been waiting all day to just get back on the pump before I had to take my long acting again. And guess what? My pump wouldn't turn on. So the battery had completely, I don't know what had happened to it, but it wouldn't turn on. And so I was stuck on injections for a little bit longer and I finally got my brand new pump back two days. So Tandem sent me a replacement and we are back on an insulin pump. So that is how I've started the new year so far um, with a lot of excitement and a lot of trial and error and learning. But I'm really, really, really excited to share this conversation with you today. And if you haven't already done so, please take a couple of seconds to subscribe. It'll only take a couple of seconds, I promise. But if you're enjoying listening to this podcast and these episodes are helpful to you, it'll ensure that you don't miss out when we have upcoming weekly content or bonus episodes because we usually have quick tip episodes and they used to be every Tuesday, but now they're kind of more on a random schedule. So you'll never really know when they're coming, but they are going to be coming. So do take a couple of seconds to subscribe so you don't miss out. So today, I'm so excited to introduce you to Christy. She joined my Fat Loss for Type 1s program back in the summertime, and she has been working so hard on her fitness goals, and it's been so fun for me to see her transformation. But what's more than that is she's become a really good friend. And it's funny because I just, I feel funny because... (laughs) We've never met in person, and I honestly, you guys, I feel this way about all of you and all of you who I talk to every single day through Instagram, and I feel like we build, it's like we build such strong relationships with one another because no matter who we are, no matter what our families are like, no matter what our background is or where we come from, we could be so different from one another, but we share something so similar that's so personal. And it it's such a, it's, it's one of, it's just such a good feeling, you know? Do you feel me? It's kind of hard to explain, but the connection is real and diabetes has a lot of sucky moments and it's a disease that has a lot of ups and downs, but just having each other is such a refreshing feeling. So thank you. And Christy is a amazing human. She is so inspiring. And I think you're going to really resonate with her journey. We're going to be talking about 
her fitness journey and her journey with CrossFit because she did that for a very long time. And she's a teacher and her story is just so relatable. And in this episode, she shares some of her personal tips on how she really stays on track and stays motivated and how she's been able to really take control of her diabetes and lower her A1C. And she also shares some tips for getting started on your own weight loss journey if that is one of your goals and how to really just stay on track and not fall off the wagon because it can be kind of hard to stay motivated sometimes, you know, but you're going to love this episode. You're going to love Christy. She's hilarious. She's fun. She's funny. She's fun to talk to. And Christy, if you're listening to this, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. So before further ado, let's go ahead and dive into this episode. Hey, Christy, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I just wanted to say, first of all, like the very first thing is how excited I have been for this conversation because not just because of like the amount of progress that you've had with your fitness, but just like how out of so many people, you are like the one person who's just so dedicated and even if you haven't gone to where like you want to be in the past, you, it, that hasn't stopped you from getting to where you want to be now. So you're just as motivated. And I find that so inspiring. So I just had to say that. Well, thank you. Yeah. So I guess to start, I mean, we could just dive into your whole diagnosis, right? Like what we were just talking about. And maybe I'll Google the gas. How do you say it? Gestational. Just, I want to say gastrational. <laughs> <laughs> Just, okay. Um, so how old were you when you were diagnosed? So I was diagnosed when I was three years old. Uh, my story kind of started with a bad fall that I had in the backyard my dad, for some reason, was spraying the patio, I don't know, maybe just to knock off some of the dirt. And I was going outside and he said for me to not go outside, that I was going to slip and fall and to go back in the house with my mom. Well, me being three, I didn't listen. So I continued to go outside onto the patio. And sure enough, I slipped, I fell, and I hit the back of my head and ended up with a really big goose egg. I guess it wasn't bad enough to the point where they needed to take me to the hospital. But of course, you know, they monitored me and paid, you know, close attention to make sure that I was okay, gave me eyes, you know, got the swelling down. But I guess within that week, following the fall, my parents said that I started acting really weird, that I wasn't myself, that my eyes seemed um, really dark and sad. Like, you know, when you get um, blackness underneath your eyes was just bags. Yeah. Like that. And that I wasn't hungry. I didn't have an appetite that I wasn't just like my happy, energetic, go lucky self. And I wouldn't eat anything. Hmm. So my parents thought, gosh, is she just a picky eater? Or, you know, why won't she eat? And they, th and they tried giving me um, anything at home that they could make that they knew that I liked. And when that wasn't working, they thought, okay, you know what, let's take this kid to go get a happy meal. She'll eat a happy meal. And they took me to, it was either Burger King or McDonald's, got the happy meal. And my mom said that I took one bite out of my hamburger 
And after that, I guess I threw up. And so she knew immediately, like, okay, there's something wrong with her. She won't even, you know, enjoy this happy meal. And then, you know, throwing up after just taking one bite. So they took me to my doctor, told them about the fall. And I think that fall kind of helped the doctor make this decision. But instead of just saying like, oh, you know, maybe she just has a stomach flu, so she's not eating and kind of just ignoring it and then sending me on my way. Because of that fall, they went ahead and did blood work. And that's when they discovered that I had type one. That's so insane. So were when you were first diagnosed, were you in the hospital for a bit? I do remember being at Valley Children's Hospital. Okay. Yeah. Do you remember, like, because I know you were so young, but do you do you remember, like, falling or any of that happening? Uh, I do remember one time falling, but I don't, the memory that I have, I don't know if it's that specific one. Yeah. One time I did fall down at home. I had an ice cream in my hand and I fell, but I saved the ice cream. Oh, my I God. I think that was it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, did you, so did the doctor, like, when you were, when you talked to them, did he, or was it a girl or a boy? It was. It was a male. Okay. <laughs> um, did he say that he thought the fall might have had something to do with it? Or did he not give you any, like, ideas at all? Uh, my parents haven't expressed that to me. They didn't say that the doctor said, oh, I became diabetic because of the fall. Um, but I don't know if maybe that's just coming from a higher being, like God, just saying we need this kid to fall. Yeah. To make sure that the doctors see this as a more urgent issue than, oh, she's not eating. She probably has a you know, stomach bug and then just send me on, on my way out with medicine. Yeah, that's so interesting because when you put it like that, I even – it's like it to totally could be, right? Like what mm -hmm. if you had diabetes a bit before the fall but you didn't know and then it was like just meant it all like worked out? I kind of think that's what happened because I've never heard anybody else um, say that, you know, because of some kind of injury or something that happened that they had an autoimmune disease. Yeah, I haven't either. But my mom did have gestational diabetes. Right. So when I, she was pregnant with me. And that because I'm pretty that's pretty common, right? Like, I mean, I don't know a lot about just I can't say that I don't know why I can't say that <laughs> um I I mean I don't know if it's extremely common but I definitely have heard of people and people that I've known that have gotten gestational diabetes while they were pregnant and I guess the way that that works or the, the little knowledge that I have about it is a woman becomes pregnant for some reason I'm not sure why they become diabetic and like which type of diabetic they become, I have no idea, but they take on a form of diabetes throughout their pregnancy. But apparently once they deliver their baby, all of the, all of that goes away and they're not diabetic anymore. Yeah. I'm not sure how it, I've never looked into it, but my mom had that. And so when she delivered me, it never went away. And I don't know, maybe in her situation too, what if she had become maybe diabetic slightly before becoming pregnant with me. And then because she got pregnant and obviously going to the doctor, then they said, oh, you have gestational. What if she really had type one? Yeah, that's interesting too. And just didn't know it. Legit, but she, so she still has gestational right now. Uh, she doesn't, they don't call it gestational now because she's not pregnant, but oh. they have her diagnosed as type one diabetic. Oh, really? So it is 
Uh-huh. So she takes insulin. She takes insulin. She can, her blood sugar can go high. Her blood sugar can go low. Yeah. Wow. So what's it? So she's type one. Is there any differences between your, like you and her, I guess, just in terms of like not having a pancreas and then does hers produce any insulin at all or is she just, it's all type one? No, it's all type one. She doesn't produce any at all. Not that I know of. That's so crazy. I had no idea. And to think too, it's like, that happens with you, but then for her too, when, when did she, when did it go to type one? Was it like right after you, you were born? You know, I never, I never asked her. Um, I, I'm going to guess that maybe they assumed that once she delivered that it went away and maybe she still felt weird or something after delivering me. And I'm guessing maybe went back to the doctor and, and was told it didn't go away for you. You have it. But I don't know. I've never heard of anybody who had gestational that has suddenly just turned into gestational into a full-blown type 1. Yeah, I haven't heard that either at all. And I haven't even heard of having gestational and then it not going away, <laughs> which I guess mm-hmm. is I've type 1. I've never heard but... of that either. Unless for her, too, it was the same situation as me. She maybe could have been, didn't know. And then got pregnant, and that was what made her go to the doctor because I think she was like 21 or 22 wow. when she had me. So because she wouldn't be going to the doctor that young, you know? Yeah. Unless it was for a reason. So maybe it all just kind of came together at the same time. I don't know. I had to ask her more questions. Yeah, that's so interesting. And it's so cool to hear, like, other stories, you know, just because mm-hmm. everyone's story is so different with their diagnosis. But your progress is so amazing. First of all, like I'm just so excited for you. Thanks. You started, was it CrossFit? Was that the very first thing that you started or like, let's jump into like a bit of a backstory, like what got you into fitness and just wanting to take control of your health and your blood sugars? Were you always like that growing up or did that happen later? Well, when I was younger, like in elementary school, all of my best friends, they were into sports. They played soccer, softball, you know, everything. And my parents, I think, kind of sheltered me for a while. And we're like, oh, you know, I don't know if that's okay. I mean, that was life before Dexcom, you know, yeah, you'd have to, they'd have to check my blood sugar. I don't know how often they'd have to do it. But I don't know how they it did was that. way before. All, I don't know. I don't either. know how my parents did either. Like that freaks me out. <laughs> me too. How did I survive without? Yeah. How did being they little? <laughs> How did I go to the babysitter? Like, oh my God, I didn't even knows? think of that. Like having other people. How would you trust somebody else to manage yeah. your kid? Yeah, I don't know. That's scary. So life before technology. But um, for a while they had told me, no, you know, I don't know. We'll think about it. But then they wanted me to feel like I was normal, like everyone else. So when I was younger, I started sports, maybe towards the end of elementary school, started soccer, started softball, continued to play that through middle school and also high school. I was never really good, always just mediocre, but it kept me active. Yeah. And um, when I became an adult, the first two years of community college, you have to take um, like a gym class your first two years. And so I signed up for the gym at college, took it the first two years or maybe it's two semesters. I can't remember, but the number two is involved, you know, put in my time. And then that was kind of that. Uh, didn't really revisit fitness for maybe a couple of years. I don't know, maybe two, three, four years. Mm -hmm. I didn't. 
And then once I started to want to change the way that I looked or, you know, like slim down, obviously the first thing you think of is, you know, I need to get a gym membership. Yeah. So I remember my dad and I, we signed up at the local gym. Um, it's just a traditional, regular, uh, large corporation gym, standard gym. Okay. You walk in a bunch of equipment, you know, cardio machines, everything. Yeah. And I did that, but I never really knew what to do. So I would just say, okay, today uh, there's a lot of arm machines available. I'm going to do arms. But there was no structure. If there was a machine related to arms, whether it was like <laughs> biceps or shoulders or anything, but if your arms were involved, I would just, if it was free, I'd hop on. Yeah. And then same thing for legs. Okay, I'm going to do legs today or I'm going to do abs today. And then that was kind of just all I knew. And of course, cardio. Then after that, I got a personal trainer at the gym. And so that kind of helped me get some structure. I had really good results with that. But then once my training sessions were over, I kind of went back to, okay, I'm here. I showed up. I did a good D, but I don't know what I'm doing. There's no structure, but check. I went to the gym. You know, I did a good deed for the day. Um, then how did I come across CrossFit? Oh, my hairstylist. We're really good friends. We've been friends since middle school. She was going to CrossFit. And um, I was getting my hair done by her one day. And she's like, oh, you know, I really think that you would like it. You should go check it out. I think I was on a break from work. So even before I was teaching, I had always worked for the school. So it was one of our breaks. And I thought, well, you know, since I'm on break, we're not going to work right now. I'm going to go check it out. I went and it kicked my ass. <laughs> and I thought, oh, wow, there, you know, I need this every day. Yeah. And within that, I had like a free week pass within that week. I'm like, okay, yeah, cancel at the other gym. I need to come here. It was more pricier, but definitely I could tell, you know, it was going to be worth it. Yeah. After that, I fell in love with it. I think I did it for about three or three and a half years. And it was just my world. They say the CrossFit's a cult and you know what it is. It's <laughs> once you, once you get involved, it's like, you know, you become this psycho about CrossFit and everything is CrossFit this and CrossFit that. And how much can you lift? And let's, you know, hit PRs and the crazier the things were, the better and more exciting it, it was. Yeah. And you create, um, a bond with these people that you go to these fitness classes with, you know, day in and day out and they have partner workouts and, you know, it doesn't matter if you're the first to finish or the last to finish the, I would say that that community is an amazing community. I've heard of that people. Yeah. I've heard that. About, I was actually listening to, I think it was on Joe Rogan's podcast and it was uh -huh. someone talking about, um, it wasn't like specific on CrossFit, but he talked about CrossFit and just said how the, like one of the, amazing things about it is that the community aspect and how everyone is just so like tightly knit and how nice that is. They do. Those people really just become your family and they through CrossFit and my CrossFit family, they pushed me to places that I would never think I'd be capable of doing. And I knew that because when I would be at the regular gym, say I was doing, I don't know, bicep curls, I'd have something small, like a five, eight, 10, 
pound dumbbell 12 was like, you know, pushing it. And I wouldn't follow um, a specific rep scheme. I kind of just like, okay, let's just see how many I can do. Yeah. And just go for it. Um, and when it got hard, I'd quit. Anything that made me feel uncomfortable, I'd, I'd stop. Yeah. And I wouldn't push past my comfort level. And so CrossFit really allowed me to see what I'm capable of, uh, you know, getting myself out of my comfort zone and just doing things that I'd never thought I'd do. They'd say, hey, let's go run a 5K. I'm not running a 5K, <laughs> but all these crazy people are doing it. I guess let's go. That's awesome. Let's do a mud run, you know. Yeah. They wanted to do a Spartan race, but I wasn't. Is that kind of like this, the <laughs> Tough Mudder? Is that like the Tough Mudder? Is that different? Yeah, kind of, I guess. Okay. Similar. Just everything that's crazy that you can think of to throw in as an obstacle course, I think, <laughs> is in a Spartan race. Very challenging. Yeah, it sounds crazy. I used to want to do the and Tough so, Mudder, but I never oh, did. did. You? Yeah, I never did, though. Well, I, I loved CrossFit. I still do. I still keep in touch with all of my so-called CrossFit family and I'll drop in to that gym from time to time. And, um, I just could never figure out my blood sugars while doing it. That's the only reason I walked away from it. Was it like, cause I, I know you said it's like, they were crazy. Did, were you struggling with mm -hmm. more highs or was it just kind of like all over the place? It was all over the place. Yeah. So I would take, I'd get off of work at four and I would take a perfectly stable blood sugar, you know, getting off of work. I don't know. I could be like at 109. And our um, workouts start at 5 o'clock. So I'd hurry up. I'd get home. I'd stuff my face. I'd drink juice, eat a snack, and not give um, any insulin for it. Because I knew that I needed to go high to feel comfortable and safe, you know, to last the workout. Yeah. And I always get mad at myself if I have to stop in the middle. They call them, it's a, it's called a wad, which is the workout, workout of the day. Okay. I would always get mad if in the middle of a wad, I'd have to stop because of a low blood sugar. Yeah, that's annoying. And um, it's, yeah, it's really annoying. So I'd always want to make sure that I was high enough where I wouldn't have to have those problems. And I would like to, I felt comfortable starting my workouts like in the 220s around that range. Yeah. So I'd spike my blood sugar. I'd get to the gym. Um, and now knowing what I know now kind of helps me figure some of these things out. But the, the workout always starts with a component called strength. Um, at the gym that I was going to, like Mondays is always back squats. I can't remember the rest of it, but I, I remember Monday's back squat day. Some of it is like a strength, like a gymnastic strength. Um, sometimes you're finding your one rep max, maybe like on an Olympic lift, you're finding maybe a three rep max, but typically you're going to go heavy or hard doing something, which now I know spikes your blood sugar. So taking a 220 blood sugar and going and doing a strength, then I'd go higher. Did you, after the strength is over, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, did you, were you able to realize that through just having the, your CGM or when you started, did you have the CGM? Yeah, I had one. I was using Medtronic at the time. So it was on my actual insulin okay. pump. So you could like look and I see what a, was happening. I broke a few pumps. Yeah, <laughs> through, oh, like through cro CrossFit you did? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was going to ask you, uh, where did you keep it when you were cross? Like, did you put it in your just pants pocket? Or in your sports? In the pants pocket. Okay. Yeah, in, the, in my leggings. 
Okay. I could never stick it in my sports bra because then the thing beeps and you got to dig it out and yeah, you're like one second. It's kind of (laughs) awkward. So I only buy leggings that have that pocket. Yeah, me too. I could stick it in there. So okay, so your blood sugar shot up to like three three hundred, like during the strength. Sometimes it would, but you know what? It would be it would. It was just crazy. I could never figure it out. Maybe if I were to go back now and try to figure it out, I might be better. But at the time, I didn't care. CrossFit was life. And it was something I was uh, very passionate about and loved and looked forward to every day. And we'd look up the workouts when I was at work and come up with the game plan for how we're going to attack it, you know, later that evening. Yeah, I just didn't care. I didn't care that I take a perfect blood sugar and screw it up literally from five o'clock until almost it was time to go to sleep. I'd be all, all over the place. Yeah, that's hard. But so I th- after the strength, mm-hmm. they do the actual workout, the wad, or sometimes they call it a Metcon and you're, you're still like lifting weights. It just depends what they tell you to do that day. Sometimes you're still lifting weights and it's heavy. Sometimes you're lifting weights and it's light, but you're moving really fast. It just depends. I don't get to decide the workout, so I just do what it says when you walk in. Yeah, so you can't really plan ahead as much. Or could you if you, like, ask them? Well, every day is different. Okay. And that's one of the fun things about CrossFit, but then not so fun for my blood sugars, is yeah. that they're constantly trying to trick the body so you don't get used to something. Mm. And, oh, my blood sugars were tricked. Yeah. So sometimes I'd go low. When the workout was over at 6 o'clock, I'd be sometimes like, you know, double arrows down. I'm going to die. <laughs> like I'm going to, yeah. you know, you're going low. All the alarms are going off. And so I'd come home where I live. It's a small town. So coming home is like five minutes, a couple nice. streets away. So I come home and like maybe 30 minutes after the workout, all of a sudden for no reason, I haven't even ate dinner yet. Most times I'm going high. And then I have this stubborn high that I could not bring down for the life of me until almost time to go to bed. Yeah, that's frustrating. But I didn't care until I wanted to start bettering my A1C. Okay. And my time and range became more important to me. And that kind of became a thing. Time and range, you know? Yeah. It's funny how things change like that because I'm pretty – well, I can't speak for everyone, but just – from like how I feel with myself too, it's like we all kind of go through that period of just like not really like there's other things that are more of a priority. And then all of a sudden it's like, I don't know, like it changes and then your blood sugars become more (laughs) of a priority. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so there was just no way. I mean, it was like, do I continue this chaos, even though it's something that I love or do I need to try and get my time and range you know, better. Yeah. And it takes a while to figure things out. It really does. It's been a year since I've done CrossFit and it's been, it's, you know, I'm still constantly learning on how to just get better yeah. at it all. And do you find that as, cause you had, how long has it, well, we don't need to say how many years, <laughs> but um, it's been a while since you've had diabetes since you were three. So do you find mm-hmm. that like, as you get older, especially now that you're, you've made your blood sugars more of a priority have you noticed your body changes like as you get older or sorry, not your body, (laughs) like your, just how like things affect you. Like 
like even your low symptoms or just things that were once a certain way that you kind of got used to, like with your management yeah. and then late and then a couple of years later, it's like, well, this isn't working. Yeah, definitely. Um, when I started like cleaning up my eating or picking carbs that were better according to the glycemic index, mm-hmm. um, my carb ratios on, you know, the settings on my pump changed a lot. I remember when I was first seeing my endocrinologist, I think my carb ratios were like six to one. And they're now like 16 to one. Yeah. Wow. That's really amazing. Lows. Now, see, I don't know if this has anything to do with getting older or not, but I don't feel my lows as drastically, I guess, as I used to. But then I've also brought my um, blood sugar at a more stable level, you know, riding like around 100. Yeah. And so I don't know if that makes a difference because I'm sure before in the past, I've had an A1C as high as like 12. And so you can only imagine once you hit like 90 or 80, you feel like you're dying. (laughs) I wonder, I think I've heard, I can't remember where I heard it, but the like more stable your blood sugars are, the more or the less you feel you're like, you're not as sensitive to lows, I think. I could see how that happens. Yeah. Because I used to feel low, like around 80. um, And now I don't really feel low until I'm like maybe 50. Yeah, that's crazy. And I guess even 40. Thank goodness I don't get yeah. there. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> and I guess it like if you have a couple arrows going down, you're gonna feel that differently. Like if you're 80 with two arrows down. Yes. Yes. But if you're if you were hovering at 90 and then all of a sudden you dip into maybe 75. Yeah, it just depends on the arrows too, how fast they fluctuate. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, what kind of was the turning point for you that you were like wanted to? I guess just change because you love CrossFit so much so like what I know it had to do with like your A1C and your blood sugars but like what was the the motivating factor for you to make your blood sugars like to want to yeah um the main thing is I mean the number one priority is I want to be around for a long time yeah there's only one way to do that you have to get it under control and then the second thing is you know I'm 31 years old right now. I'm like, I had to think about it. Am I 31, 32, 30? I don't know. I'm 31 years old. And eventually one day I would like to have children. Mm -hmm. And I know that your A1C has to be like immaculate if, if you want to house a baby, you know? Yeah. And I just want to make sure that before that time period comes, that I have all of this figured out now so that I'm not, you know, racing to try to figure it out when that time comes, because I also know that, you know, I'm getting older. I don't have time to figure it out when that day comes, when that time comes, I want to already have it figured out. Yeah. That's, I don't want to waste it. I mean, and it's taken, uh, like a whole, I don't know, over a year just to, you know, figure things out. And then you're always learning something new along the way. Yeah. It's so, so true. Imagine like, oh, let's start a family now. Oh, <laughs> but my A1C is like 7.4 and I got to, you know, dramatically try to figure out how to lower it. Yeah. 
I'm a planner. I'm always thinking ahead. I know. I'm always ready for the next like (laughs) five or 10 years. (laughs) I love that though. (laughs) But it's good to, you know, think about these things because I didn't think about stuff like this until I was in my late 20s, right? Like, I don't know if Mm -hmm. you did when you were younger. I think around 23-ish, I started, you know, realizing like, hey, I really need to become an expert. Yeah. This. this is my condition. I need to figure it out. Yeah. That's so awesome. And I mean, it's amazing that you made that decision and that transition and like look at where you are now, right? Like your your A1C is down and I feel like it's just an everyday like making progress every day, right? Mhm. But it can be hard. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, it can. I know that like you're you're not doing CrossFit anymore, but what Out of like from when, you know, just being diagnosed and just from the very beginning, what was the biggest challenge until like now to where you are right now with like just all of the like things that you've been through and like the different exercise and like the different life events, you know, if you think about everything that you've kind of been through from three years Mm -hmm. old to 31 years old, it's like, what stands out that you've kind of feel like has been a huge turning point for you? Like a challenge that I've had to face? Yeah. Like anything that's Um, been challenging, but that you've overcome, whether it be like exercise or your diabetes management or just anything. I would say, well, the exercise part of it is, is fun. And I don't, now I know that it doesn't really matter what you kind of do for exercise as long as it's something that you enjoy. Yeah. Because, you know, you're not going to show up unless unless you love it. But more on the nutrition aspect and diabetes management portion, um, I think what was challenging was I was trying to perfect this disease and not educating myself enough on it. Yeah. That's something that so many people I think can relate to because it's, I mean, I've even been there too and like felt like shit because I'm not being perfect. Mm -hmm. I would rely on my endocrinologist a lot to, you know, make decisions for me like pump wise, you know, these are going to be your settings, you know, it is what it is. It's solidified for the next three months until I see you again. Yeah. And then me not knowing how to change them or to even realize that there's a change that needs to come or, you know, notice like knowing my body. I think knowing my body has helped me so much nutrition wise and diabetes management wise. If I, if you don't take the time to get to know yourself, yeah, it just makes managing it hard. You have to stay one step ahead of, of type one. You just have to. Yeah. Like I have to know, like, you know what? My period's coming. I'm going to be more resistant. Um, I'm exercising. This is the time of day that I'm exercising. I'm going to be, um, you know, absorbing more. Or what did what did I eat, you know, for lunch? Was it heavy in carbs, not heavy in carbs? Was it heavy in fat, not so heavy in fat? Is Do I still have... I don't know a term. I don't know if this is a real term active carbs in my body or am I kind of empty? Yeah. 
How much insulin do I have on board? There's just so many things. Am I stressed out? Did I get enough sleep? Did I drink enough water? Am I hydrated? Am I dehydrated? So many things to remember. Do you find um, what what's been just like keeping track of everything? Like, has it been difficult just to? Because were you always tracking your food and like your macros? Yeah, I I have um, for a long time. I used MyFitnessPal, and then I kind of got away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just using it more just not even diabetes management wise. It was just like, how many calories am I eating? You know? Yeah. And then I started using a different one called chronometer. They're all the same in the end, Mm -hmm. but I was tracking on there for maybe three quarters of a year. And I would only focus on just the day to day, um, situation. I would never like zoom out to look at everything in a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. It was just like, you know, what did I eat today? How many carbs are in this meal? And then I would, then I started using it to tell me um, how many carbs are in my meal so that I could bolus properly. Yeah. Has that helped with just lear- getting to know your body and learn about your body and your triggers or just being more aware overall, like tracking your food? Yeah, definitely. Um, I come to realize finally after so many years that if I kind of keep the same pattern of food, um, like let's say today was a good day and and I had, you know, what I usually have for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks are pretty much the same. If today was a good day, do the same thing again tomorrow. <laughs> it's yeah. like reliving the same day. And then maybe make a couple of tweaks where things went wrong. Yeah, that's amazing. And you're really good at doing that too. Like just staying on track of everything, I feel like. Thank you. Yeah. Do is there like, have you always been just so just, I don't even know what the word is, but like, so good at staying on track or was that something that kind of built up over time and just being more aware with things? Cause I feel like so often people will, you know, they'll be like, all right, I'm going to track my food and then they'll start tracking. But then a week goes by and they'll just kind of like fall off the wagon. And then I don't know, it can be hard for people. When it happened over time, it didn't happen overnight. And when my priorities changed, that also helped. So, um, and I'm not saying that any uh, tracking app is better than than any. I just refer to them this way because this was a time period in my life. When I was using my fitness pal, I was using the free version. I wanted to track my calories, did what you said. It would be solid for, I don't know, not a week, maybe a little bit longer, like a month, a month and a half. And then before you know it, you know, you're eating something bad and you don't feel like tracking it because you don't want to come face to face with <laughs> whatever bad meals you've had consecutively. And then before you know it, you're not tracking anymore. Yeah. When I started using Chronometer, it was a little bit cheaper than my fitness pal. My boyfriend uses it. So he's a big reason why I guess I use it because he he knew like the ins and outs of it and I don't know, liked it for certain reasons. So I paid for it. Yeah, it's more complex, isn't it? A little bit or no? Or is it just because it has your micronutrients in there too? I think because it has the micronutrients, yeah. it kind of like gets down to the nitty gritty okay. <laughs> of of whatever you're consuming. But when I unlocked the paid version, I wasn't tracking my food. My purpose was no longer tracking it to see like, let's see how many calories I eat. Because I knew that I needed to be conscious about it if I wanted to lose weight. Like way back in the day when I still didn't know everything that I, you know, know now. Um, 
now I don't necessarily use it. I mean, I do, but I don't. But my main priority for tracking every day is because in the paid version, let's say I add multiple things under the lunch section. Mm -hmm. It'll add up my carbs for me. Where when I, before I had the paid version, I'd have to go to each individual item. And then there I was with my calculator, yeah. adding it in one hand and then looking up everything in one, in another hand. Um, and it was just too time consuming. Yeah. Even though it probably really isn't that bad, but you know, I'm dramatic. But I want to know now. <laughs> once you have like, cause I had the paid version of my fitness pal for a bit and then I like downgraded, mm-hmm. but it was hard to get used to just the extra time it takes to manually calculate everything when it's just right there. So I get what you're saying. (laughs) Yeah. So it was just faster. I input everything and then you get to choose what you want it to, um, like add up. It could be like what you wanted to say, your total fat, your total carbs, your total calories just for the meal, whatever. So of course I pick carbs. So I just put everything in. It does the math for me. I go and I do my bolus. So my purpose changed. So it's, it is not hard for me, I guess, to get off track with that because although I need it to know how many calories I'm consuming in a day, my priority is I need to know how many carbs are in each meal. Yeah. I would say to to say that I'm going to fall off the wagon of tracking. I don't think so because now I rely on it for that. So I know what to bolus. Yeah. That's so helpful. That's such a, a good trick too you know, use it for fitness, Mm -hmm. but then also for your health. Mm -hmm. Do you ever find when you go to the endocrinologist and do they ever give you those pamphlets of different, or maybe this was just back in the day, like when we were younger and it would be like this many carbs in this, but then it wouldn't really give you all of the other details. I don't think it gave fiber content or anything. It would just be like, this is 15 grams of carbs. Did you Uh, ever get those? We wouldn't subtract the fiber back in the day? Well, I just remember it. And I could be completely wrong just from my memory, but I just remember getting these pamphlets when I went to see the endocrinologist and then the educator would be there and the nutritionist and you would get these pamphlets and they would have different foods and then the different amount of carbs for foods. But I never remember them having the carbs and the fiber and all of that too. I've never been to a diabetic nutritionist. Really? Maybe this was just in Canada when I lived in Canada, like when I was really little. Mm-hmm. Um but I remember getting those pamphlets and because you subtract your fiber, right? In most things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. But I don't remember being told that when I was younger. I don't remember either. I think I found that out through social media. Yeah. I've learned probably so much more being on Instagram, following everybody else than I have with my endo. Yeah. Sad to say. <laughs> well, there is, the community is so amazing on Instagram too. And everyone is affected so differently, but everyone has such amazing tips because whatever yes. works for you, it's like I can just translate that to me. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, our community is definitely awesome. I don't even know how, because I had Instagram for a while, I don't even know how I stumbled upon the thought of I should follow other diabetics. I wonder if there's any more out there. I know. I don't know how that happened for me either. I think I was randomly looking at hashtags is how it started. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, then I started doing the same thing in Facebook. And then I discovered that there's groups. There's groups of of people like, you know, are you using an insulin pump? Are you using this insulin pump? You can join the group and all the conversations are, you know, in regards to just that. That's so cool. It's awesome. Because it <laughs> I'm sure like, I mean, we're 
basically the same age. We didn't have community when we were younger. We didn't even have social media. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> unless you went to one of those diabetic camps. Yeah. Did you go to one? For the summer for a couple. No. I, okay. I did one year. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> what? So, because how, when was it that you like started your weight loss journey? to be exact. Oh God, it seems like forever. Yeah. My whole adult life feels like, <laughs> <laughs> I think I've always been somewhat aware, but I never fully, fully, fully educated myself on it. It would just kind of be like whatever new fad came around and so-and-so, so-and-so's cousin lost, you know, a couple jillion pounds doing this and maybe it could work for me too. Yeah. I feel like I can totally relate to that. Been like that. Yeah. And then I would switch too much. I'd, I'd go from one fad to the next fad within like a month. Yeah, I can totally relate to that too. And then it's like, <laughs> why isn't this working? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so this one's not working fast enough. Jump to the next one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. It's and not mess. to mention like that probably wasn't great on the blood sugars. <laughs> No. And so when I would jump around, I really started jumping around probably like in the last um, three years or two years even. And I would go uh, keto, you know, everyone's talking about it. I saw something about it on Netflix, do it. And then after that, like, no, uh, go whole foods, you know, fat's not the answer. Cut, cut fat out completely. And then I would go to, so every three months when I'd go see my endo, I'm like, I'm doing this now. I'm doing this other one now. And I'm doing this one now. And she'd be like, stop already. And she would always tell me like, just, you have to eat a balance of everything. You cannot cut your fat out a hundred percent or close to a hundred percent. And she would talk and talk and say like, oh, you know, you need it for your hormones and this and this and that. And I would just, um, smile and nod. Yeah. Like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I had no idea what she was talking about, but I'd just be like, uh-huh, okay, still go do it anyways. Did you try keto? Because I'm trying to remember, like, the first time we talked on Instagram, and was it about keto? I can't remember. I can't remember I can't either. remember, yeah. But did you end up, like, trying it, it for a bit? It might have been because I did, and then when I was done with it, I was extremely insulin resistant. Really? Like, so bad. I was putting massive amounts of insulin just to, and that's from because you, you know, hear like these eat a meal, yeah, like the stories from oh, I can't remember or type one grid or so. I think I've seen. I think that's what they're called, where it's like you eat super low carb and then higher fat and protein. I think, or maybe it's not as much fat. I don't know, but you hear stories of people and they have not insulin resistance. They're like pretty insulin sensitive. But it's so interesting how that's not the case for everyone, right? Like we're all affected so differently by different amounts. Yeah. But that was the case for me. Keto was. So high fat didn't do good for my um, insulin resistant wise. Yeah. And then I'd be like, okay, you know, forget that one. And then it'd be like, just do Atkins. It's still low carb, but, you know, you don't have to go so high in fat. Yeah, And then I discovered that carbs were fuel. And I'm like, okay, you can't do that one no more. So go Whole Foods where you could eat like 300 carbs in a day, but then no fat. And then I found out that fat, you know, is a building block for all of your hormones and a lot of your cells. Like, okay, now we can't do that one. Do something else. Yeah. 
And then I found you. <laughs> and then life has been good. Oh. Count your macros. <laughs> how, cause count how, your dang macros. <laughs> how has that, like, I know, like, counting macros isn't for everyone by all means. Have you found, because you've found that, I mean, I don't even know what I'm trying to say right, right now, but that's been really successful for you just seeing, like, how far you've come since the very beginning. But, it, I mean, it's not the case for everyone because some people like having, like, a structured meal plan. But what would you, mm-hmm. how has it been different for you as opposed to like just doing other diets, like counting your macros? Because that's something people ask me a lot. And my response is just like how, you know, one person, but like for everyone, I think it's going to be a little bit different. So how has counting macros been different than the other diets? Yeah. Like just different diets that you've tried. Like how has this one helped you in terms of your overall goals? Well, the number one thing is I can eat whatever I want. <laughs> you know, I've, I've grown up and um, haven't been brought up, I guess, with the healthiest of diets. You know, we, I didn't grow up in a household where we would have salad before we would eat our dinner. Um, I'm not a salad person. I think salads are rabbit food and <laughs> you could probably never get me to eat one. I love so it. So every time I would try to try a diet, it's like, you know, ha- Happier plate of salad and then a boring old little piece of chicken and some tomatoes. Yeah, I'm like, okay, yuck, yuck, yuck on that. Uh, the chicken, okay, <laughs> and then you know, then I'm just eating a piece of chicken. How boring is that? So it's given me flexibility. Um, I guess I don't know, maybe I am a picky eater. My parents always said I was a picky eater. Um, I do eat vegetables now, yeah, thankfully, I've grown up, you know, <laughs> but I have the ones that I like and I have you know, a really good handful that I don't like. Yeah. And same thing with fruits. I eat some now, but I, it's a small, you know, little portion of stuff that I like. And then there's an even greater portion of things that I don't like. So that has been the number one thing for me because I'm not confined in this box where, oh, I can't have something that I love anymore. Yeah. I'm eating everything that I love. But we've gone from, what did I start out at? Like 1,800 calories. And I was just eating more of it and had more flexibility. And then now we're down to 1,400 calories and I'm still eating the same thing yeah. in smaller portions and maybe have kissed a few snacks that I would eat on the daily goodbye. And they turned to snacks maybe every three days Yeah. <laughs> instead of, you know every day. Well, and I remember that too, at the beginning when you were like, I I'm losing weight, like eating, I can't remember how many, many calories that was. 1200 or 1100. Yeah. yeah. Cause you were used to eating that before. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I can totally relate to that too. <laughs> it's the body. But so yeah, crazy. that's like the number one thing is you have never asked me, what are you eating? And you've never told me, you know, you have to have this at breakfast. And these are your choices at lunch. And these are your choices for dinner. And these are your only options as snacks. Like yeah. go have celery and I don't know, something. <laughs> some bird food. <laughs> yeah, and some bird food. Uh, I'm not, sorry. It's yeah. just not me. I'm not going to do it. Like, And yeah, because I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm a lot like you in that sense too. Whereas like other people, I mean, they like having a plan. But as soon as someone do, mm-hmm. as soon as someone tells you you can't eat anything like a certain thing, does it make you just want that thing even more? 
Yeah, it's like you see it everywhere. That's how I am too. <laughs> you can't have cookies and then before you know it, they're all over the place. Yeah, you're like, oops. <laughs> so now I just plan. And then before, so I was counting calories, but I would only focus on what I was doing every single day. Um, I think I just didn't know how to like look at the whole picture. And now that you got me looking at things on a weekly basis, which I thought was very hard to do, but you taught me how to do it. Um, now that I look at things on a weekly basis, I plan things out now. So yeah. I, since I'm a planner, I always have to know, okay, you know, here's my week. What do I know that's coming? There's a staff party at work. There's a Christmas party on this day. Someone's birthday's on that day. And so I can already, you know, kind of go into the week knowing I'm going to need more calories here, here, and here. So, you know, yeah, tone it down where I can to save. Is it ever hard to stick to your plan or do you find it like pretty easy once you have it set? It's pretty easy once I have it set. Um, it had, it got hard around Thanksgiving. Yeah. And it's been a little bit hard, but I, I mean, I work at a school, teach kids. We were having parties pretty much. Um, we came back from Thanksgiving break and we had like nine days left to school until Christmas vacation. Yeah. And those nine days were just, whether it was a party for the kids, a party for the staff, there's snacks everywhere. Parents are giving, you know, all these yummy things that they're making. And I've been doing a lot of mindless snacking lately, but if it wasn't for that, I think when we change, um, like my macros up, whenever that time comes, it takes me the first week is kind of like a trial run, but by the second week I can, I already know, okay, this needs to be cut out yeah. or I can't have that as a snack anymore or no more six ounces of meat, cut it down to four and it'll still work. Yeah. But it's what I love. Yeah. And that's so amazing that could, the flexibility that you have, do you weigh, you weigh your food too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a scale here at home, uh, a scale at work. Oh, you have one at work. That's awesome. People probably, yeah, people probably <laughs> think I'm crazy. They're like, what is this? <laughs> and even though they're not maybe extremely environmentally friendly, I use Ziploc bags, but I try to reuse them as many times as I can. Yeah. And I will literally count out a serving size of, I don't know, say something and stick it in the Ziploc bag so that I don't like over overeat. Yeah. That's so amazing. Mm -hmm. These are like such good tips for people. I feel like, how do you stay motivated? I think that's just such a big thing. And you're so like on it. And I love how, you know, you, cause you can be completely honest with yourself and be like, I was mindless snacking a little bit, but whereas some people are like shit and they try to like, just pretend like it didn't happen, but it's like, you know, but how do you stay just so motivated to like be on track? Um, I think a lot of my like just staying on track and being motivated comes from what I put in my head, like my mind space. Yeah. Every morning when I'm getting ready, like for work and I'm doing my makeup, you know, um, I used to listen to the news. I don't listen to the news anymore because I don't have cable anymore. And now I listen to podcasts. Yeah. So a podcast every morning um, every Monday, a new podcast comes out from this really popular CrossFit coach. His name's Ben Bergeron. Mm -hmm. And I really like what he has to say. He's, he's just so motivational and 
um, he just has so many good things to say. I, I love, I love listening to his podcast. So every Monday, that's what I'm listening to and I'm getting ready for work. Every Tuesday and Thursday, I'm listening to your podcast. <laughs> Wednesday and Fridays, kind of just like a toss up. Sometimes I'll listen to one from the office. I don't know if you've ever watched no, the I, Oh, no, I've watched but, it. Yeah, but I haven't. I didn't know they had okay. a podcast. They had like a behind the scenes. Oh, cool. <laughs> of each episode. So sometimes it's that and other times it's um, anything else that I can find related to either diabetes like the juice box mm-hmm. podcast. I've listened to that what was the first one again and there's a I'll link to it I'll link to it in the show notes so that because motivation I feel like is such a huge thing for people his name is Ben Bergeron okay if I'm saying I'm pretty sure I'm saying his name right um and his podcast is called chasing excellence awesome I love it <laughs> then there's another one called the flexible dieting lifestyle beyond macros yeah so just I just search anything that could be related to to that and audiobooks so so if I'm not listening to a podcast I'm listening to an audiobook and I've been flying through books really at the gym too do you listen to them when I do cardio yeah it helps um pass the time because it's all about information or things that I want to know about and so you know my my cardio time goes quick that's good and you can take notes and know it I'm like oh yeah so I like listening about athletes and like how athletes persevere and overcome different challenges and obstacles and pushing themselves to the limits and um, a lot of stuff like that. A really good book that I just listened to was from Rachel Hollis, oh. The Girl Wash Your Face. I don't know if you've ever read that I book. haven't read it, but I've heard so many good things about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one was really good. A couple of like famous CrossFit athletes that I enjoyed watching have books too so I'll listen to them there's some diabetes ones that I'll listen to how champions think um so much good how to stuff sleep smarter yeah just good stuff so every morning that's how I start my day and so every morning I'm like you know especially the the one with that CrossFit coach Ben Bertrand on the Chasing Excellence he might talk about um, how how to fine tune, you know, the little things. And he'll talk about sleep or he'll talk about how to get back on track when you fall off track or just little things or even yours. Like sometimes I swear when you come out on a Tuesday or Thursday, you're talking to me. <laughs> and then it'll just remind me like, oh, yeah, I'm not drinking enough water. Yeah. And that'll be like my little purpose for the day. I love it. I, that's so amazing. And then because it takes I mean you know it takes a lot of time and patience to whether it's weight loss or like anything right it's like it takes a while what's Mm -hmm. helped you just persevere instead of throwing in the towel too soon you know because has that happened to you before where you're like working hard at a goal and then you just feel like you're not getting anywhere so you just you're like this isn't working for me so you throw throw in the towel too early yes that has happened to me so many times. Yes. <laughs> um, I think, honestly, it would probably sound <laughs> funny to say, but you have helped me a lot. Because how many times have you told me like, you know, I know you feel like, you know, maybe you had a crazy week because well, our phone calls always start with Taja, I messed up, you know? <laughs> and you're like, but look, look at you, look at the patterns that are happening. And, and so you, you know, point something out. So when I can't see it, yeah, I would have thrown in a towel a long time ago, but when I can't see it, you see it for me. Yeah. Or you'll remind me like, go, you know, take your progress pictures. You've been so, that was one thing that was like super inspiring. I was like telling everyone that I was working with just like, you know, when they hit that point where it's like, 
I feel like I'm not making progress. It's like, try taking measurements or the scale's not budging. It's like, try taking measurements because that's what you were doing. And the scale wasn't budging for so long, but you were taking measurements and you were losing inches. (laughs) Yes. The scale is so evil, but I've, I've learned how to, I don't know, understand it better. Yeah. Well, I know that we should probably wrap things up because I don't want to keep you forever, even though I feel like we could talk forever on this topic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I want to make sure that we're not missing anything, I guess, out of every, everything. And I wanted to like, I mean, because are you, what's your nationality? I wanted to like dive into that at the beginning but I didn't. Mexican. <laughs> That's so cool. Are you going to do a Mexican dinner for yeah. um, Christmas? Oh, yeah. We're having enchiladas, rice, beans, tamales, the works. It's like, I'm coming over. <laughs> <laughs> We're only a few hours away. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. That's so cool that you live in California. I know. I have to take a trip out to Santa Monica yes. probably during the summer. Yeah. I have to see you. Yeah, we'll have to. We definitely have to. We're in the same like Air, not area, but like a few hours away, really not three that hours far. away. Yeah. We could meet halfway. <laughs> um, but what out of like, what kind of tips would you give someone who maybe has is doing CrossFit right now or is trying to find like a plan, like a workout plan that's going to stabilize their blood sugars or just out of everything, all your like trial and errors and maybe even anything that you've been through in the past? compared to where you are now, like any tips that you could give someone who might be in your shoes right now? Um, I would say the biggest thing would be just educate yourself and get to know your body. Um, I unfortunately never uh, took the time, I guess, to figure things out. I know there's other diabetics out there that CrossFit and according to their social medias, you know, everything blood sugar wise is, is pretty good. I never took the time to figure it out. But when I started working with you, we went to a more traditional style of um, like weightlifting and, and things like that, which, which I love still. And it helps that my boyfriend kind of follows that same um, style. So we go to the gym together now. And for me, there, it wasn't hard to figure that out. There is definitely a learning curve the CrossFit way because the workouts are so different day to day. And and we know the effects that heavy lifting has versus, you know, cardio base. And and you just don't know what you're going to get day to day there. Um, So there wasn't that big of a learning curve going the route that I went when when you were programming my workouts. It's like if you walk into the gym and you're a little bit high, you do your cardio first, come down. Then you do your heavy lifting. You'll go back up and then end it with some cardio so you can be perfect and in range when it's dinner time. Oh, because I work out in the evening. So that's how my pattern usually goes. And there's not a lot of uh, guesswork to be done. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. But you got to educate yourself and you have to know your body. I totally agree with that. That's so important because just thinking back at the beginning of my fitness journey too it's like that was kind of the only thing that helped me like know what what was going to happen and having a CGM I mean I don't know if there's any diabetics out there who are not on a CGM and if you can get one get one it is a game changer totally do you have Dexcom right yeah you do yeah yeah 
yeah, that was a game changer for me too. And it took me so long to get it. I don't know if you were like that too. Were you nervous about getting one or? Yeah, I didn't want to be attached to things. Yeah. There was a good chunk of, of time where I wasn't even going to an endocrinologist at all. Really? I went when I was a little kid and then maybe like in my teens into my like early 20s, I didn't. And so I was out of the loop with everything, you know, that was new in technology until I started going again. Then my doctor was like, no, honey, you're getting on an insulin pump. And then did, were you okay with that? Or were you like, no, I don't really want to. Yeah. I like technology and and trying new things and experimenting. So I was totally okay with that. That's good. I'm sure that helped a lot with management overall. Oh yeah. That's when I was like A1C in the 12s. And then for like someone who maybe has just been like recently diagnosed or they're, they have diabetes, but they are maybe like just nervous about getting into exercise because they don't know like what it's going to do with their blood sugars. I guess you kind of already answered that. But for someone who's just been diagnosed, it's like, what, what tips would you, or steps would you give them for just managing their health and being able to like feel a little bit more in control, even though they're not always, I guess, right? Uh, yeah, it could, I I don't know, because I was diagnosed so young, I didn't have to, you know, think about some yeah. of those things. But I think, again, it, you have to know what your blood sugar is at before you can even do anything. If you're going to go mm-hmm. to the gym, you need to know where you're at. If you're checking yourself on a little glucose machine, and doing it, you know, old school way, or whether you're looking at your CGM, um, it's probably safer to say, start your workout a little bit on the higher end, maybe 150, 175. Especially if you're, you know, newly diagnosed, and you're kind of experimenting with, you know, how is this workout going to affect my blood sugars? It's right, it's isn't it more safe to just be a little bit on the higher end? Yeah. So maybe, so maybe start there and see how different things um, affect you. But definitely, like cardio is going to bring you down, and strength training yeah. is going to bring you up. Unless you're lifting weights fast, then you know doing like a yeah. hit workout that's a little bit confusing for me, at least to to figure out hit training. Yeah, it it, it can be difficult for me too. Just, I mean. I think generally like high intensity makes me go up, but it depends like, I mean, we're all going to be so different, but like with my, um, how much insulin I have on board, that's something I forget to look at sometimes and that can screw me over. Yes. Yeah. There's so many things you just have to take into consideration. Um, my heart rate's one of them that kind of helps me. So I know if I get over like 160, 150, I'm definitely kind of in the cardio state definitely over 170 because I could be lifting weights and I think I'll hover around like 130, 140. That's awesome. So do you, cause you have the Apple watch. So do you look at your heart yeah. rate and then like look at your sugars in terms of like what your heart rate is? I, not exactly, but I know that when I'm doing cardio, I'll look at it more for cardio when I'm yeah. doing cardio and I'm, you know, really getting into it and my blood, my blood sugar, my heart rate's <laughs> like at 170 or even just like peaking or flirting with 180. I know that I'm going to drop. And if I do drop, it's going to be pretty quick. 
Yeah. And again, it also depends how much insulin's on board too. Yeah, there's so many things. So for a new person, get get all the devices. They will help <laughs> and never go to the gym without a snack. Always have a snack. And you know what? Always you know, make sure you have a ID bracelet too. That's yeah, that's and a let good one. people know. I let the owner of the gym that I'm going to right now know that hey, if something for any reason something weird happens to me and I pass out, it's not gonna be you know, say it's in the summertime, it's not going to be like heat exhaustion or dehydration or, you know, whatever. It's going to be because she's diabetic. Yeah. Did, when you, so when you call 911, like that is the first thing you tell them and chances are it's going to be because my blood sugar was low. Did you, when you told the, the people at the gym that, were they like, oh my God, like what was their reaction? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, you work out with your boyfriend now. <laughs> you don't come unless he comes. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it's <Dang> like you. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you got a liability in the room now. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> okay. So speaking of ID bracelets, your, what is it that you, you have a link for. I'm going to put in the show notes for everyone if they want one, because I definitely need to get on board with that as well. So I use um, Get My ID, mm-hmm. and it is just this little sleeve. You can you can get like a full blown blown bracelet or necklace if you'd want to, but I wear my Apple Watch every single day. Like mm-hmm. there's just not going to be a day where I don't wear it. It has my blood sugars. I can give myself a bolus from my watch. Oh, because I have Loop. I'm doing loop and there's an app in the watch where you can do all of that. Um, So my watch is just on me all the time and I'm not going to wear something extra or, you know, wear this super cute bracelet to the gym. So they make these little sleeves that fit um, like the Apple watch or Fitbits or any of those kind of, you know, like sporty watches. And so I have two, one is the, the red medical sign. Mm-hmm. And then the other one just says type one diabetes. Okay. Doesn't have any other information than that, but hopefully if something were to happen, that little red, you know, medical symbol kind of catches their eye. Yeah. And then, it has all of that there. And I'm sure like if anything did, hopefully it never does, but like that, that they would look in on your wrist and. Mm-hmm. So I'm affiliated with them. So if you want to get free shipping, um, you can click on the link through my Instagram and my Instagram's at type one underscore Christy. Okay. C-H-R-I-S-T-Y. Awesome. And then you get free shipping with my code Christy T1D. I'll take the link that's on your Instagram and I'll put it in the show notes of the podcast too. So if people, they could go to your Instagram or click on the show notes, it'll be in both places. Mm-hmm. But yeah, new diabetics, let people around you know Yeah. that you are. That's a good idea. It really is. And then I guess the the very last thing for because by the time we this airs, it'll be the beginning of the new year. So since I mean, for everyone who's like on the on their way to their fitness journey and wanting to lose weight with type one, what is one one tip that you've learned that's helped you a lot that you think would be helpful for other people to just help them get started, I guess? Because I know so many of us are like um, yo-yo dieting or whatever. Like what's one thing that's helped you that will would, you know, benefit someone else? They should follow your uh, your weight loss journey program that you have coming up because you seriously just break it down step by step and release, you know, new videos each week so that everything doesn't feel so overwhelming. 
because each week you learn something new through those videos that, that you have recorded that they watch. Did you find that um, helpful like on a weekly basis or would it have been better to have everything all at once? I wanted to ask you that a long time ago, but I never did. No, a <laughs> weekly basis because I would have watched all of them and then and then been like, what do I do? Okay. <laughs> and then not, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I needed to, I, me personally, I need to just get good at one thing at a time. Yeah. But that, okay. that has helped. And if, um, if they're not able to do that and maybe they are tracking their calories using something like, you know, chronometer or my fitness pal the night when you're getting ready to go to sleep at night, like input your whole day for the next day. That way you already know where you're going to be sitting at calorie wise, instead of like tracking as you go, Mm -hmm. just do it the night before. Like when I'm doing really good, I'll do it as I'm laying in bed either the night before or in the morning um, while I'm getting ready and I'll have my whole day laid out and then that way, if I thought that I was going to eat something and it ends up that it doesn't fit in my plan, I can, you know, rearrange things because you also have to take into account your snacks when you go low. Yeah. For a long time, I believe that they never counted. That's evil to say that your low snacks count against you, but you know what? Just get over it. They do. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> it count against I, you. I was, there was a period where I was like, do they count though? Like, I don't know. What if they don't? Because your energy levels are like so depleted that I'm like, do they count? <laughs> but yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not fair. I know. It's not fair that they count against you, but they do. Yeah. Ugh. And you know what? That's how I would get stuck, not losing weight all the time. Because remember how I told you before I'd go to the gym, I'd stuff my face. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You know, with food and everything, I'd probably eat a good three to 400 calories and then go to the gym and then burn like five or 600. And then where was the cut? Yeah. I was eating to go work out and I was just breaking even, even every time. That's a whole nother story. (laughs) Yeah. But I totally can relate to that. And I think a lot of people could too, because it's like, it's not, if you're not tracking your food and even if you are, and you're not accounting for lows, it's like the, we could be consuming so much more than we think we are. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Those are awesome tips. Um, is there anything else that I, that I should have asked you that I didn't? think that's it okay well thank you so much for your time and I'm sorry I like I'm keeping you here for so long (laughs) but I really (laughs) I really appreciate it and I'm so excited I'm so proud of you and I'm so excited for everything that's in store for 2020 and I'm just so excited to have you as one of the first guests on this podcast too so thank you so much thank you Taja How amazing was that? If you feel inspired in some way, I would love to hear about it. Take a picture of this episode and tag Christy and I on Instagram. And I'll link to our Instagrams in the show notes. But if you want to connect with Christy, you can find her on Instagram at type one underscore Christy. And hey, can you see yourself in Christy's shoes? Was this episode relatable to you? Because if it was... I want to know what steps are you going to take right now to achieve your goals? What tidbits did you learn today that you can take action on right now that will help you get one step forward in the right direction? I know that it's not easy to take control and 
get fit and become aware of your blood sugars and just make your blood sugars more of a priority. It takes so much time and effort and sometimes you don't have a lot of time as it is. But I promise that when you do it and when you start taking those little steps necessary, even if it's just one thing that you took away from this episode today, you will be on the right track and you've totally got what it takes. And if you enjoyed listening to this episode today, if it inspired you at all in some way, please take a couple seconds to make sure you leave a five-star review, even if it's super short, and tell me what you enjoyed most about this episode, what your number one takeaway is, because when you take the time to do that, it really does help this podcast out a ton, and it really makes it possible for other people to find this content and listen to these tips as well. So your support is so appreciated, and thank you so much for tuning in today. It really means the world. And I know that you could be doing a million other things right now. And maybe you are multitasking or maybe you're at the gym listening to this, but wherever you are, thank you for taking me along with you. Have an amazing day and I will talk to you same time next week. 